God bless you, my brothers and sisters. We do greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight, I want to thank God for a blessed day, and I pray that you have been blessed also in this day. It is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our lesson on tonight. God, in the name of Jesus, I, first of all, I want to thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for life, health, and strength. I praise you for another day, God. You have blessed us to see this day. It wasn't promised to any person, but you blessed us to be in it. And God, I pray that those that would take, have taken full advantage of your kindness. And God, today and right now, I'm asking you as we go through your word tonight, because your word is already blessed. Your word has given life to us. Your word has given strength to us. And tonight, God, use me as a channel to bless your people in the name of Jesus. And those that are grieving tonight, uh, bless those of families in the name of Jesus. And God, keep us in your will and sanctify us, make us whole in the spirit, in the power of God. And we thank you now in the master's name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. May God bless you, my brothers and sisters. May the Lord smile upon you. Um, get your Bibles tonight. Get, get your Bibles and let's, let's go into the Word. Get your Bibles. All right. When you have your Bibles, I'll turn with me to um, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 2. 13, 2 Timothy, Second um, Timothy chapter 1, and um, we want to look at verse 13 for right now. Um, let's see here. Let's try, follow me back up to verse 11. And, well, verse 10, okay. Second Timothy chapter 1, reading from verse 10 to 13, all right? Let's go. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him this against that day. Verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Tonight, my brothers and sisters, I want to talk to you our lesson tonight and um, 
it might be bad English, but uh, I think it's going to resonate to you that you'll understand it. Lesson tonight is, if you want to live right, you got to think right. I, I understand it, but you'll, you'll, you'll get with me in a minute. If you want to live right, you got to think right. If you want to live right, you must think right, okay? All right. So if you want to live right, you got to think right. Um, that's what I want to talk about. First of all, we are living in the generation and not only the generation, but the time that we are presently in, it's so informational. We are saturated with so much information. And sometimes I, I, I think, my brothers and sisters, that it's, at times that might be a little too much. Um especially when it comes down to the evils that we have that we're facing. And I'm referring to the information that is out in a lot of copycat cri uh, crimes and people copy them because of the social media, the news organizations, how they push a lot of these things so forward. And you find that there's copycats. Now, um, that has been a a big negative and a, such horrendous crimes from copycats. But I, I, I want to help you tonight because the um, if it's if it's possible, and if you allow me to work with this, with the um, the letters, the epistles, they're they're in they're pretty much in groups. Um, there's three groups that they're pretty much in. And they're based upon the prominent themes of the grouping. So if you look at from the book of Romans through the book of Galatians, you'll find a, um, a common theme in that, which is Christ in you. That's the predominantly common theme from the book of Romans through Galatians. And it, it pretty much rests upon that the believers were, we, we know we're different than the rest of the world because God lives in us through the Holy Ghost. So the, the, our faith walk should affect the things that we think and the things that we say. I'm, I'm, I'm on a tangent here, and I've told you uh, often that when you speak faith, you talk faith, you think in faith, believe what you speak. Don't just say things and you don't believe it. If you believe that God is going to do certain things and you speak it, believe what you speak. All right. Number two, um, the book of Ephesians through Philemon. 
you will find the common theme of you in Christ. So let me revisit this again. Romans through Galatians. The common woven theme amongst these epistles is Christ in you. Ephesians through Philemon. The common woven theme through them epistles or letters, you in Christ. So tonight, we wanna, we're going to deal with Christ in you and you in Christ. Because if you want to live right, you got to think right, okay? So the other parts is in the epistles is the book of Hebrews through the book of Jude. And that is walking by faith. So let's, let's re, re, um, capture what I just said. Christ in you, you in Christ, and walking by faith. My brothers and sisters, faith is more than just a theory. Faith is more than just a theory. Faith translates into power. Help me say power. Faith translates into power. And when you look at the power that the believer has, the faith translates into power which equips the faith believer that gives them ability to handle circumstances of life. Okay? All right. So let's, let's move on. So remember, the lesson tonight is if you want to live right, you got to think right. All right? Now, we're going to the epistles and... Um, if you really want to know how to live correctly, the epistles, the letters, teach that you must think correctly. My brother and sister, have you, have you, ever, have you ever just listened to people's conversations? Especially those that in the faith family, just listen to conversations. And you'll find that the letters, the epistles, will tell you you must think correctly. So how, how do we know? How do we know? How do you make sure that you are thinking correctly? In all of the epistles, you will find again there's a laid out strategy for victory, for power. Write this down. Um, if you have your electronic devices, go someplace where you can tab something and highlight something. Write this down. Right living comes from right thinking. 
right living comes from right thinking, number one. Number two is right thinking comes from understanding and obeying the scriptures. All right? So right living comes from right thinking and right thinking comes from understanding and obeying the scriptures. My brothers and sisters, understanding and obeying the word of God requires, um, I don't know how many of you um, play chess, I don't know, but um, understanding the word of God requires both a offensive and a defensive response. Come on, help me say offensive and defensive response. All right, let's 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 dig in that, dig into that just a little bit more. When we understand and obeying the word of God, God requires both of these. All right? So let's look at the posture of offensive. When First of all, the, the Bible, the Bible produces or it, it causes us to pursue the things that are sound in doctrine, okay? So, when, when we talk about sound doctrine, we're talking about biblical truth, okay? The truth of the Bible, biblical truth, all right? So if you look at 2 Timothy Chapter 1 and verse 13. Okay? Let's see what it says. Hold on or hold fast a form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Hold, hold on to, to sound words. Hold on to the, the, the patterns of strong or wholesome teaching and there should have been a pattern shaped through faith not only through pattern shaped through faith but a pattern shaped through faith and love that we gain that through Jesus Christ now the defensive is you have to guard yourself against false teachings or false teachers. Okay? Quickly go to Titus chapter 1 and verse 9. Titus chapter 1 and verse 9. When you have that, say amen. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by what? Sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers, those that oppose us. So when you're able to encourage others with, with, wholesome teaching 
and at the same time show to those who oppose what the teaching is to prove that they're wrong. Listen, my brothers and sisters, first of all, let's celebrate the gift from God. And I want to inform you tonight that the gift of God is not ignorance. Did you catch that? The gift that God gave us is not ignorance. Hmm? And God wants us to know him. He wants us to know him. So we have the offensive and defensive guard. So we are living a time that so many are trying to find this inner peace. I know there's different, uh, uh, what do I want to say, ethnic groups they have different things they do to try to find, uh, without making mockery out of anybody, to try to find their inner peace. You know, some, some, some type of peace. Because um, our lives are difficult. Our lives may be difficult. And, and I believe we really didn't have it as bad as the first century Christians. Um, because they were turned into lion's food, you know? But we don't have it as bad as the first century Christians, but we have difficult times that we're facing, all right? Now, I was looking at moving some things down. We are seeking for peace and commitment. All right? Or content, being content. And scripture says, be content in the state that we're in. Contentment. Be content in the state that we're in because a worse thing could happen. Put a pin in that one. The writer says that I've learned the secret of living. In every situation, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret whether my stomach is full or whether my stomach is empty. I've learned the secret to commitment. And whether it's a lot, plenty, or whether it's little, I've learned to be content. Because God, go quickly, run over to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and look at verse 12, if, if you have that, and uh, 13. I'll, I'll, I'll turn with you. Um, Philippians 4, 12, and 13. Do you have it? Okay. So he says, now, I know both how to be abased. I, 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 I know that I was ever in need. I've learned how to be content with what I have. My brothers and sisters, where have we lost the contentment in Christ? Being, just being content. Okay, we, we, can't, we can't measure the 
pressures in this world, but we can sure feel them. And at times, there's times to where we can cause extra difficulties upon us by what we say or how we even think. And so um, tonight, I just want to drive home tonight. If you really want to live right, you just got to, you got to think right. I don't know, I, I don't have any um, stats on what I'm about to say, but I believe it's true. There was a time to where we didn't think as hard as we think now. And what is the cause of that? Look at how we view people and how people are seen now. Seem like you got more people with the chip on their shoulders than ever before. Nobody seems to be happy. No one seems to be satisfied. Here's a, here's, here, here's a, here's a, uh, some data. Versus, this is versus generations. Generations now, a person will work 10 jobs before they retire. They'll change jobs 10 different times. Not because it's a bad job, but because I'm bored. There was a generation, and I was in that generation, where you worked, if you had family, you worked to take care of your kids. You worked to make money to take care of your home, regardless if you liked the job or not. If it paid good money, if it had good benefits, you worked, and a lot of them jobs, you worked until you retired. But now, I don't like, what, I don't like my job, so I'm gonna find another job. But my brothers and sisters, in the faith family, when we did not have, we were faithful in asking our God, I need a blessing. I need a job. And we stayed there and stayed there, and God gave us a job. And then it looks like now, when God gives you something, my brothers said, learn, learn to thank God for it. But now it's like, God, that wasn't good enough. Now, am I saying don't strive for better? No, I'm not saying that. But be thankful for little. Little, watch me now, little is a whole lot in God. Huh? You got to think right. So he says, I've, I've learned. I've learned with a full stomach or empty stomach, with plenty or little, you know, I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me strength. Huh? I can do all things. I, it, you know what? I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is um, empty or full. I've learned that God is able to keep me full in the midst of emptiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look at, run, run, run with me. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. 
Romans chapter 15, verse 13. We, we are, one main thing that we're doing, we are losing the power of knowing God's word. We're losing the power of knowing God's word. Things are happening so fast, and we say we don't have time. But my brothers and sisters, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You do have time. The problem is you don't want to take time. But you do have time. If you have time to get mad, you got time to study God's word. If you have time to think about your failures, you have time to praise God about your future. We spend a lot of time in our failures. And God is saying, Get up from that. So as a man thinketh, so is he. Are you least of everybody? Or even if I don't, if I don't have a full stomach, I have to learn if I want to live right, I gotta think right. I have to switch, I have to, I have to find a place that I can step in to recharge my thing. I think, was that Wednesday? Uh, I don't know the class, was it Wednesday? Uh, maybe it was last week I talked about, you know, I said I've heard so many times and so many words about reset. Was that last Friday? Talking about hit that reset button. We have allowed circumstances to make us run, zip, run, zip, run, zip, run. Things are flashing. We don't take time to control our environment. And God said, I give you power to control your environment. I'll give you power to do that. I think I told, I told the saints, I said, listen, I'm going to be contagious in 2023. Then I tell y'all that I'm going to any place I go, I'm going to change the atmosphere in wherever place I go. I'm going to be contagious. Because hmm? why? First of all, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when I look at the faith family, I'm saying, listen, you are doing yourself such a such a great disservice to where. Next time you ask God for something, don't, don't, don't wonder why you're not getting it because you're not satisfied with what he's already blessed you. Huh? There's nothing wrong with wanting more. But watch this. There's nothing wrong with wanting more, desiring more. Now, my conviction is not your conviction. But I asked God, I said, God, years ago, years ago, years ago, <laughs> I said, Lord, because I learned something. I said, Lord, whatever you bless me with, don't let it be a hindrance to my salvation. I don't want anything that's going to hinder our relationship. Because I found out that at the end of the day, I got to come back to God anyway. So why allow the enemy to mess up our relationship? Because why? The way I think. Huh? 
I want more and more. That's just like eating food without allowing your food to digest. What happens at the end of the day? You're going to be sick. First natural, then spiritual. If you, if you don't digest, because what, what God is doing, God has the master plan. So he's guiding us. You don't see, you, you, you don't see that the enemy has a sword at the end, right down the corridor, and is about to take your head off. But God said, I'm, I'm trying to show you and navigate, but you keep fighting against me. Let me move on. Um, or I'm at Romans 5 and 13, yeah. Now the, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Watch the word. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in what? Believing. God is the source of our hope. He wants us to be filled complete with joy and peace because the joy and peace comes because we trust God. My brothers and sisters, you can live, you can work and live and sleep in peace because you know that it's the Lord that's working both the will and the do at his good pleasure. So, he talks about, so comfort. So, our hope, the Lord said, listen, I just want, then I just want you to live in an over, with an overflow life. I want you to know that I will visit and revisit you at any given time. But I will come, I'll, re, I'll visit you and revisit you according to how you have treated me. Now, if you don't think that I'm able to do it, then you skip our next visit. Because why should I visit you if you don't believe that I am and that I am a rewarder of him that diligently seek him? Is you not, do, do you have anybody or spoke around you or at times past that you just like, I'm just wasting my time? And some folks you don't even want to be bothered with. Now just think about this. What happens when we get that and God sees that in us? Do you really think that God really wants to be bothered with us when we really don't want to live right? Huh? And we don't want to think right. If I gave you a cow, What's wrong with you, Clay? Man. God just gave me a cow. Well, where is he at? Back out in the backyard? God gave you a cow? Yes. Isn't that what you wanted? Yes, but I wanted it cut up. I wanted it processed. Oh. Hello. What? Didn't you just say that you got a bonus last week? Yeah, wasn't that enough to process the cow? Yeah, yeah, but that ain't. 
See, God gets angry because we really want to, we're messing with God, and you really can't mess with him because the Bible said it is a terrible thing to fall into the hand of an angry God. Don't make God mad as he's blessing us. Huh? Let, let me go. Go with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. Is that what I said? I'm a, let, let, me, let me go. L let me go and, and, and invite you conversation that Paul had with the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians. Paul, as an apostle, the word apostle means messenger. So you can read it as Paul, a messenger of Jesus Christ. Well, when you look at being doctrinated, in other words, we teach and preach if we have been saved through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have been doctrinated to and through the teaching of Jesus Christ. So Paul, the messenger of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, Timothy, our brother, and to the church of God, which is at Corinth, at, with all of the saints which are in Achaia. He says, Grace be to you in peace from God, from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, Blessed be God, <clears throat> even the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the Father of mercies and the God of comfort. Mercy and comfort. What shows you that God comforts us. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort somebody else. We are examples to non-believers, unbelievers, even our family members. And it's really interesting to where I've, ne I've never practiced as an individual. Now, that's, that's my conviction, and I teach in self folk When you're convicted, don't put your conviction on nobody else. That's your own conviction. But in my observation, I practice salvation not only in the church, but I practice it at home. Because I don't want to be awkward. There's another word for being awkward. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Hmm? So I, I want to, when, if I leave the comfort of the saints at large, when I go home, I want to eat the same meal. Because sooner or later, God's going to challenge me because he's going to set before us to go amongst our loved ones and somebody's going to need some comfort. But as they look and as they, re as they go through a rewind and replay, they are reminded that 
what you did wasn't what you said. And what you said isn't what, what you did. So then you're going to come and tell me about this Jesus? Y'all got that one? Huh? So, we have, write this down. We have commitment, hope, comfort, tranquility, and peace. Commitment, hope, comfort, tranquility, and peace. Contentment. Hope, tranquility, peace. Okay? So Paul says, listen here, he says, um, yes, he comforts us in all of our trouble, that we can comfort others. Now, if you jump down to verse 8, 6, through 8, but I want to focus on verse 8. This is still 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. We've been through some stuff. You think to tell me that I am a prisoner of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and I come to you, have came to you, and told you, first of all, who told you you wasn't going to go through something? I came to y'all. And all the trouble that I have had, I came to you and I was pressed. Look at 8a. We were pressed out of measure above strength. In so much that we despaired, what? Even life. Meaning what? It was like, man, is this the end? Huh? We had a sentence to death in ourselves. We couldn't trust our own selves. I've been, Paul said, listen, I've been in places I've had times that I knew I couldn't trust myself I had to trust God a lot of times difficulty comes because you trust your own self well wait a minute I'm in this mess now because I trusted in my abilities well you could Look at your name and tell me, oh, you're good. But say, you ain't that good. <laughs> oh, you're not. You ain't, you ain't. Uh -uh. I'm in trouble now because I trusted in my abilities. I trusted in myself. And I thought that I could do it on my own. But when everything seemed to just erode, when I looked up one day that there was nothing left, man, what am I going to do now? If you want to live right, you got to think right. Hmm? Oh, yes. Now, um, 
down forward fast. Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7. Are you with me? Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. The writer says, listen, don't, don't worry about anything. But pray about everything. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, in everything, that takes too much time. See, that's that everything. You know what? Prayer just takes too much time. That just takes too much time. Man, by the time I get done praying, you know, because first of all, when I pray anyway, I'm, I'm praying even when I go to church. I'm praying on Wednesdays, and I'm in a prayer, and I'm in on my knees or whatnot, and I'm thinking about my day and what I went through, and I'm on my knees, and somebody's crying out, and I ain't bit more, I ain't bit more there at all. I'm just there in, in body. See, when you pray, you have to transition from the natural to the spiritual. You, you, it takes some time because you, you, you just ain't going to jump out there because, listen, look at all this stuff. And please don't let the enemy be in, been on your heels today. And don't let, you, you remember you, you was about to snap and go off and you, you know, praise Jesus. But you, you, you know, you got mad 20 minutes later. You was more mad then when it first happened because, you know, you so used to doing it yourself. Who you think you're messing with? Like they really know you. You know, like they really know when you was born and what your family is. They don't, folk don't know you. You don't, you don't know who you're messing with. No, we really don't. <laughs> but Satan does. Huh? And, then you want, and then you want to tell them your abilities. Like they really care. I'm, I'll do so and so and so and so. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's all good. But what happened to you say the God in you? You know what? That's like you saying, you know, how saved you are, and then you go get drunk. And just, just imagine Jesus in you, you know, and you taking a fifth of whatever and pouring it down your throat and Jesus getting all sopped up with all that liquor. He down in you, you done, you, you done drowned Jesus. Huh? Now, is that a good thing? You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. It don't work like that. I am the same. Yesterday. Today. And if God's mercy allows me to see tomorrow, I will be the same tomorrow. Hmm? Yeah. So if I really want to live right, you got to want to think right. Are we, are we doing okay? Oh, I'm eating up my time. Oh, I'm eating up my time. I got, I got a little more. And then we want, we want some friends. We, we want some lasting friends. We want friendships. And, and my brothers and sisters, the, the, the Bible does teach us, you know, that um, saints belong, we belong together. 
and we were never, saints were never designed to be disconnected, you know, and we was not designed to be independent, not, not the household of faith. We wasn't designed to be disconnected. We wasn't designed to be independent from each other. But let's learn how to be a friend. Now, we have a lot of acquaintances in our lives, in our lifetime. But then the Bible says, even with biological family, but the Bible says there is a friend that will stick closer to you than a biological brother. Go with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 15. When you have that, say amen. Listen, there's, there's something about, well, let's see here. Let's, let's look at verse 9. Um, this is Romans chapter 12, verse 9. When you have it, say amen. Let love be without dissimulation. Hmm. Abhor that which is evil. Right? Cleave to that which is good. Now this is, this is where it gets tight. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. Putting people above you, before you. It's not always about you. So something that we, we, we see, people are just pretending to love each other. But the Lord said, don't pretend to love. Really love them. You can love them, but hate what is wrong. Hate what is wrong, but love them. Pastor, mm, pastor. Now you ask them something tough right there. My brothers and sisters, victory in Christ Jesus. Love what God loves and hate what God hates. And you can never go wrong. You can't mess up. It's impossible. We bring a dishonor on ourselves because we are undercover haters. I really don't like you, but I got to put it with you. No, you don't. You don't have to put up with me, but I guarantee you better not die. Let us come back up again. How can you love? You know what? I just can't stand people. That's why I say to myself, because I can't stand people. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard before in my life. Well, let me help you out. Well, I guess let me put in the question for him. Didn't Jesus die for people? Now, since Jesus died for people, he came, and you got Jesus in you, aren't you should be about people? So who told you that you are island? Because you know, if the wolf can get one sheep by itself, you're going to be sheared. 
You know what I'm saying? And then you have a gift in you to encourage other people. And you should be encouraging to other people because that's strength. And when the Lord sees how much that you are genuinely loving people, not because, you know what, you know, we, we got all these things that we say in church. I know I didn't finish my sentence. I'm running to another part now. You know, ask people how they're doing. Oh, they got all of these, what do you call them, cliches. Nah, I didn't ask all of this. I didn't ask all this what I'm about to get. But I'm getting it. How are you today? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Hmm. But then your actions tell me that there's all the gifts. Somebody. And you can really tell because even when we're even on the altar, how can you focus in on the altar and you're looking at somebody? They come to the altar for prayer too. See, the altar is a place to alter anything that's not like God. And you're on the altar, but your eyes are looking at somebody else on the altar that you haven't got it right with. And you're asking God, Lord, lay your hand on me. Lay your hand on me, Jesus. I don't mind. Lay your hand on me, Jesus. Oh, no, he gonna lay, yeah, he gonna lay, you gonna get a hand laid all right. Uh-huh. Come on, come on. If you wanna live right, you gotta think right. Huh? So friendships. When others are, are happy, be happy with them. If they're sad, share their sorrow. Romans 12 and 15. I gotta move quick. And forgiveness. Listen here. Give me Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, chapter 4, 31 and 32. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. My brothers and sisters, the faith family, we have become spiritual cannibals. We are devouring our brothers and sisters. We are spiritual pygmies. And we're devouring one another. And at the end of the day, we want the blessings of God. How can we be strengthened as a body when we're not fitly joined together? When you, you have that scripture, 31, 32 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Get rid of the bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Because all of these are evil behaviors. Huh? And the word says, instead, instead of that, be kind to each other. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as through Christ Jesus, God through Christ Jesus has forgiven us. We're not tender with one another. 
you know what? We, we're slow to come to church and we're quick to leave. And we want so much from God. But God is saying, how can you want anything from me and your own brother or sister that you see every day you got a problem with? And living a victorious life in Christ Jesus is hard for us because of all of the stuff that we have or that is clinging to us that we really can get rid of. If you want to get rid of it, help me say, if I want to get rid of it, I can get rid of it. And if you want some friends, first show yourself friendly and everybody that, everybody that greets you is not your friend. I had a, I shared, this is a testimony, again, my convictions are not your conviction. And I'm not trying to make my convictions your conviction. I had a neighbor down the street come. I knew he was prejudiced. And he's always meddling. Now, did that take me off? Sure, no. So one day, I said, you know what? I'm not going to avoid this guy. So next time he came, I made it my duty to stop him. And we had a long conversation. And while he's talking, he's always asking questions. You know, like, uh, you know, like we are. Where you get that from? You know. Who you work for? You know, like you're a part of CIA or somebody. You know. So every time he says something, I flip it on him. And then I said, uh, he asked me one question. And I said, do you got a picture of Jesus in your house? He said, yes. I said, he asked me something else. I said, what color is he? He said, he white. I said, he is. I said, you ain't got been enough good sense, do you? Now, how in kind of world do you think Jesus is white? This, this, this is a white guy. How do you think he's white? I said, when Jesus is a Jew, he said, hmm, yeah. I said, yeah, okay. I said, do you not know that, you know, you have been uh, brainwashed? Because the stuff that you have is not true. And he says, I go to church. I said, yeah, you know, devil go to church too. You know. So after I got done talking, he said, you know what? You really studied the Bible. I said, because I, I love me some Jesus. Now, what, now, you know what? That day did something to him. And it did something to me. Did I dislike this man? I dislike this man because he's always meddling. But that day gave me victory over him because, you know what? That man got a soul. And he was, he's unlearned in the things of God. Plus, he's prejudiced, you know. And so we learn and we learn that if I want to live right, I got to be right with everybody. How can I desire to live right if I have this stuff in me? Because if I want to live right, I got to think right. And when I'm thinking right according to scripture text, the Lord said, I hold no good thing from you. Let me, let me do this. And I'm done.
the secret to friendships is designed for us. We were not designed to be disconnected. And you'll find that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. When Jesus led captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men. What are they for? For the perfecting of the saints, verse 12. For the work of the ministry. Let me put a pin in that. I got two minutes. See, we don't think we have a part of ministry. But the word ministry simply means meeting the needs of people. You have the power and you have the time and you have what it needs, what you need for the next person that comes across your life to pass or to have the spirit of impartation to change the environment that they are in. They're in a dark place. Places that God has brought us out of. We've been in some dark places that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we really wouldn't have been able to escape. So just think about if you really want to live right, you got to think right. And do what the scripture says do. Huh? The difficulty of hardness is when your mind's not made up. Yes, it's hard because you don't have a made up mind. But I don't know about you, but I want more of the Lord in my life. And the more I live God's word, because God said, I, God said, I sent my word, and my word healed them. Now watch me now. So I have to believe what I speak, and so I can be here, and I can pray for somebody in Arizona, in New York, in Seattle, in Hawaii, and God's word will get there before I get there, huh? and it'll accomplish what it set out to do. So, my brothers and sisters, I pray that this was a blessing to you. If you want to live right, you got to think right. God bless you for joining with us. And you are with me in living the word. Be blessed of God.